Welcome back to Snow Farms Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Snow. This is episode 26. Today's date is the 27th of January, 2023. Thank you for joining us. As always, my beautiful wife is with me, and tonight I am going to ask her all kinds of questions because I am a chatty, chatty. This is a family show, Kathy. So my wife is a rock star. I'm super proud of her. And I just wanted to find out tonight what she's been doing. After I close that door. <laughs> so you have started a, was it Hard 75? What's the name of the book? 75 Hard. Yes, 75 Hard. Explain what that is. Um. Well, I just did a blog post about it. Some um, of my friends can't read. We're in the military. If we could read or we're smart, we wouldn't have joined. So for those who can't, with your words, what are you doing? So the person that came up with the, not really program, but it's more of a lifestyle change Oh, you're in a cult. Okay, go on. <laughs> is an entrepreneur named Andy Frisella, who is part owner in First Form, which is a supplement company, and they also make athletic gear. But anyways, you have to do six things every day. What are those six things? Number one, you must complete each of the following steps each day or you have to start over at day one. The 75 of 75 hard is 75 days. So that's number one. What's number two? So you have to you have to complete all the, the next five things every day for 75 days. So number two is pick a healthy way of eating to follow with no cheat meals or alcohol. So you're my Russian starvation diet, or what's your uh, what's your diet of choice? I'm trying to go mostly keto slash carnivore. So lots of cheese, meat, eggs, some greens and vegetables. So you're eating differently. What's number three? Drink a gallon of water a day. <laughs> For those of you still listening, <laughs> if you want to hear your wife complain about how much she has to utilize <laughs> the facilities, when she drinks three quarters of that gallon of water 15 minutes before bedtime, <laughs> and then the next day, I'm so tired because I had to pee all night. <laughs> this is self-induced. You could do it in the morning. So lots of water drinking. What's number four? Number four, complete two daily 45-minute workouts. One must be outside, and they can't be back-to-back. -back. And you've been rucking outside. Yes, in the morning. At first, I was doing that in the afternoon, but then it was messing up my day because... Yeah, it was, walk yeah, minutes. in the dark. <laughs> so I'd rather ruck in the dark 
in the morning because then I can just go feed the animals and Sam's usually not up. So then I don't have to worry about that. And then there's been some yoga, some Pilates, Namaste, Namaste. What do they say? What are the, the weirdo yoga instructors you're watching? What is it? Nama- Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> It's not really that hard. Um, so that's four. What's number five? Read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, but I usually read 10 minutes because I am, can read more than 10 pages in Again, 10 and he, minutes. He's probably doing this for military guys. And 10 pages for most guys, dang near an hour. Um, and what's the sixth thing? Uh, take a progress picture every day. So how many, you're 25 days in? Yes. You're a third of the way through. Yes. You haven't had to restart yet? No. So I've you, been super close. But you've, you've pulled it out. Yes. Um, are you happy with the, the progress, with the results of it? Oh, yeah. Well, like I showed you this, this tonight when we got home from dinner, how much loose my pants are. Um, what has it done for your mental clarity? Have you noticed any energy levels or mental clarity? Anything like that? Um, I have a lot more energy and I get a lot more stuff done. And because I have to get these things done every day, it helps me plan the day out better. Except for like when I had to drink the three quarters of a gallon, that day was a wash because I had to go pick up something in the morning and so then it said everything was not in the right order for the record anytime she's behind drinking water and i see her drinking water i start pounding the desk to chug chug <laughs> chug chug <laughs> at the time see andrew's laughing now when i do that sometimes she's not laughing so we've had lots of changes in this last calendar year um you're homeschooling the kids now you're homeschooling some neighbor kids. Uh, we're hoping to add a couple more next next fall, six or seven. You're doing some online teaching. What's what's the biggest lessons you've learned since going from teaching in government schools to homeschooling full time? That there's a, a whole bunch of different programs, and the, it's better, I think, for the kids to learn in an environment that suits their needs they can do whatever they need to do on any given day that's in, in having conversations at work with folks and it's always um i, I think i told you we have a, a young mom she just had her second baby and she's super happy she's getting to stay home but we were talking about homeschooling and she was really really uh, down on herself. And she said you know, something to the effect of there's no way I could do that. It would be too intimidating. And that's been the biggest thing I've seen is as we dove into this was one, how many curriculums are out there for, and some of them are a couple hundred bucks. I'm sure you pay more. A lot of them are free. And then just the amount of resources now, uh, podcasts, different things that work for different people online. I mean, 
when we first started looking at, at this, what, early COVID, I think Khan Academy is probably the big thing that we, we looked at. But now there are just so many different things that, that no matter how your child learns, somebody's put together a pretty good, inexpensive way to get to that kid. Um, you have started carrying a pistol on a regular basis. Yeah. What, what precipitated that? What do you mean? What precipitated that? What, what, what was the thing that uh, drove you to um, start doing that? Because that's a big, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a big choice. There's a lot of thought that goes into that. What, uh, what drove that choice to start doing that? Or was it just me guilting you into it? Well, it was partly you guilting me into it. And then I am home alone with the kids probably 75% of the week. And I don't want to be caught in a situation where I don't feel safe. But primarily the other day, Sam and I were out in the barnyard and the rooster spurred him in the stomach. <laughs> and we have three roosters that look similar. Big, pretty Rhode Island reds. And... I didn't have she wasn't strapped. my weapon, so I could only chunk a square piece of wood at it. <laughs> and then by the time I ran back in with Sam, who was crying, to get my piece, I by the time I got back, I had no idea which one had done it. And I went and stood by each one of them. But of course, they weren't going to spur me after I threw a square of wood at them. <laughs> it's, uh, I still remember, for me, before I went to Iraq, I didn't own a gun. And then I went to a place where, you know, it was pretty sketchy. And... You see the, like I said, and you know, while we were there, we really got to see the veneer of a society slough away. And uh, coming back and not having a gun, I felt naked for really until I got one. And then trying to be responsible about it, just the amount of time and thought and reading and and training classes and you know talking with friends and whatnot. It's it's really a big uh, undertaking to do it right when you start. But after you get comfortable with it, it just becomes a second skin. You just don't think about it. You just, it's like putting your, you know, keys, phone, wallet. And it's, you know, you said piece, I'll say strap, <laughs> heater, gap. There's all kinds of things, right? Um, but it, it's definitely something that on the farm, it's normal. I don't think it's going to be a deranged serial killer nearly as often as it's a skunk or a raccoon of opportunity or a coyote. So those are the reasons. And then, you know, God forbid anything more serious than that pop up. It's one of those things that uh, much better to have it and not need it. But uh, I've been very, very happy about that. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, probably need to step you up because you've had that little SR-22 for a while. So we probably need to go to uh, a small Glock or something that shoots well for you. Um, so the next thing is, how is your routine 
just being home all the time? Are you sick of it? Because I was listening to a podcast today while I was taking the siding off the last, I'm down to the last little bit of the house to finish the siding on. And I was listening to uh, a lady who has a book out called Domestic Extremist because she's got somewhere between four and seven kids. And uh, she's just a little bit younger than us. But she was just talking about when she had her first kid and started doing things with other moms, she was appalled to find moms that were like, oh, I can't, you know, looked at their children as a hardship um, or a burden. So I was just curious for you, what's it been like going from, and I know on the social side, right, that's probably the biggest thing that we struggle with right now is you don't have any adults on a regular basis to socialize with. So, well, thankfully, Sam is talking more. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's chatting like his dad. There's no doubt about that. Listen, give him another year and you'll be like, oh. There's an extensive talk about trains, planes, cranes. <laughs> he is a, a man of many interests and good taste. So he's very much into heavy equipment. But how has that been for you, being here? Well, I know that it's a season where I just don't have very many adult friends except for when our neighbors come up for the weekend or we have visitors from the city that come. So that's been hard, but I know that that's not going to last forever because the Reds are 19 and 16 and that time went by very quickly. And I... At first, it was kind of hard because I was running around cleaning houses, trying to get every, I mean, it was just Sam and I, but now that the girls are back from their dads and we've had time to get into sort of a rhythm, the only thing that's not really in a rhythm is sometimes my online classes, but it's really nice to do things when I want to do them, not when the school bell dictates it, I guess. So what advice would you give to folks who are thinking about homeschooling for the first time? What, what would be the advice to that mom? Because the dad, for me, I'm just, you know, providing the means to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not in, in the intricacies on a day to day, I'm sure I've given you way too much advice and things to think about and blah, blah. But what, what would you say to young moms first, first time to think about doing this? And... Well, I've listened to a lot of podcasts on homeschooling and kids can just be kids until they're like eight. They don't need to be sitting and cutting and they can be outside learning things on their own and just like when Sam goes and I feed the animals he digs in the dirt it's wild to see him solving problems in real time and while I was saying today I was up on a uh, little mini scaffold and uh, his his wagon that he was loading up with stuff was stuck and it was daddy stuck he started crying. And I'm like, hang on, buddy. And he was like, ain't nobody got time for that, old man. No. So then he started, he went to work on his own, and he, he solved his problem. And 
you know, I've seen that in Cal's kids. He's really, really great at that about, you know, helping them figure it out uh, without being a jerk about it because he's a sweet, sweet man. If you're listening, super sweet. Um, oh, stop rolling your eyes. I bring home <laughs> one firefighter calendar that the kids are questioning all <laughs> kinds of things about. It. Now I'm getting the eye rolls. But, uh, yeah, so on that side, it's really nice to be able to watch him in real time solve problems and, and get that confidence versus there's no way he'd be able to do that if he was in a daycare. Mm-hmm. He, he wouldn't be rolling around. So that part's just awesome. I'm, I'm super, and I'm, I hope that I've expressed this in the podcast, how thankful I am as a, as a husband, as your, as a dad, um, to, for you to be willing to do this for Samuel and for Sophia. Mm-hmm. So I, I really am. It's been fun to watch and just the difference between Sam and daycare. And it was a wonderful daycare with wonderful people, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like it was some super shady. It, they were great, but just him being here all the time. One, he's not sick every other week. Right. And two, I feel like he really flourished. And maybe it's just because he wasn't learning words at that time in his life. And I'm like, Oh, my kid's special. <laughs> Where now it's just every day I come home, he's learned new words or he's watch me spitting outside and he just starts spitting everywhere, everywhere. because dad does it. <laughs> but, uh, but in the new homeschool moms, if they, I think they have to be able to ask for help because I feel like I sort of have a leg up because I was a public school educator. Government school. And so I come from a background where I've had to teach all sorts of kids, all sorts of abilities. So I'm not scared to ask questions or find other resources. So I know that you've um, gotten pretty active in a couple of different uh, podcast communities. Has that helped being able to, you know, interact with other adults here and there? Well, I can ask questions like business questions or farm questions, things that I don't know. And I can ask people that do know. So that's nice. So there hasn't been any real social network built into that. It's just been trying to be a better farmer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, because they're both based out of Tennessee and yeah. I don't live in Tennessee. Yeah. So, um, on a, on to a different topic, but me humble bragging about my amazing wife some more. So you set up an LLC for us. Um, explain how that worked and if it was easy, how much time you had to put into that to get everything done. It took all of five minutes. It wasn't very hard at all. Okay. So it's a simple process. And then you also set up an EIN with the IRS. Um, we opened up a business account, the local bank. So we've got that stuff done, which is a big step and I've been putting off. Um, so we're, we're making progress there. What's, what's the next thing? What's on your agenda to get done the next couple, three months? So now, um, John and Amanda Willis have both said that we need to put our podcast content 
and our three listeners. Kyle, <laughs> we know you're listening, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> um, on to YouTube so that we can get that audience. I also need to be more consistent on the blog and drive people to the blog where our merchant will not like merchandise but our farm products that we have for sale or will have for sale yes so we we do have eggs beef um, we'll have kunikuni piglets i don't think that we're going to do any uh halves or holes because it's just there's zero profit in hogs for us so we'll sell some extra there and then we're going to have some goats here and there butter cheese different things that way. Hopefully we'll have some stuff coming out of the garden and uh, fruit trees this year as well. And then some honey. Yes. So um, what else do you have? Is there anything else that you want to get done? Big long-term goals you're trying to knock out or hope to get accomplished? Well, I would just like to figure out ways to make enough money yet with our farm where I wouldn't have to work on the computer as a teacher because the company that I work for is very awesome. But my schedule is not as consistent and I have to teach when Sam is asleep. And so I can't really get anything Extra done. Extra done. So my day goes until starts at six, ends at midnight usually. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that uh, hopefully I, I don't know that we're going to have enough cows this year to make that difference, but I think next year we will. And then all the other value add things we're doing, I, I think we're going to get there. We're pretty close, um, and we're working our plan. And this is one of the things if you're a young you know, couple and you're just coming into this space. Um, when we started dating, I knew what I wanted to do. I think before we got married, I had told you, this is what I want a homestead. Um, I want to homeschool my kids. I want to raise my food. Right now we didn't know it was going to be in Oklahoma <laughs> by way of Texas, but I had, I had clear goals. Um, you know, I've talked in earlier podcasts about I had a bunch of debt when we got married. You had some student loan debt when we got married. Um, and, you know, we, we spent, what, the first four out of the first five years we were married living in different states. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a lot of it was a lot of intentional work on both our parts to work in our marriage and communicate and be supportive and, and grow and all those things. So I, I think regardless of where you're at, um, it's, it's possible to do. But the other thing that I, I don't see enough people in the space talk about is this is a really hard thing to do if you're both not earning very much money. Um, you can, I'm sure you can go out and buy a piece of land and live in a you know, $800 trailer and make it work. It is way easier if one of you earns a good salary and you know, as long as you have to both be on the same page and for the longest time, 
you were because when you were teaching and coaching, that was it. You mm-hmm. came home and you were done. You were tired, and I got it because I coached. So I know how much energy goes into that, and you had a normal school day. So I, 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 I hope that I did um, a decent job of not adding to it at that time. So that's the thing for which if you're at a, a point where your spouse is not either interested or 100% on board, you just have to keep. You just be, have to pick one thing yeah. until you get good at it and then add something else. And for us early on, that was the eggs that really surprised me. And now with uh, we've had some changes at my, at my job and we just don't have as many people in, in the building anymore. So part of that's COVID and part of it's a different MDS. Um, but that has, I don't know that we're ever going to make as so much money on the eggs as what we were pre-COVID. So that led to the apiary that I bought and just being able to diversify and do a little bit more of different things and until we find our niche. And my hope and belief is we're going to find one thing in addition to the beef that really does well for us and uh, earns well for us. But uh, what else would you give advice to young women or middle-aged women who are coming into homesteading, whether it's in the backyard like we were doing at Payette or what we've done in either Milford or here in Oklahoma? You have to find something that like you're passionate about. Because if your heart's not in it, then it's really hard to fake it. That's that's very true, yeah. And you always have to be willing to learn new things. I mean, right now I'm reading a very large book (laughs) called The Independent Farmstead. And I know I've learned from that book and taking stuff in because now when I go on my ruck outside, I'm looking at the height of the cow poop (laughs) to see if they're getting enough minerals and the right amount of food and stuff, which I never would have done that before. Oh, the joys of middle age. (laughs) So that has been a, you've been reading that book for a while now. What, what are your big takeaways about? And it's called the book. It's called the independent farmstead by Doherty. Beth and Sean. So if you're looking for the book, uh, we'll see if we can remember to put a link in there. Um, but what what have been your big takeaways from this book about things we can do better on the homestead? We need to set up the paddocks and get the livestock, all of them rotational grazing, not just the goats and their mini goat palace because yeah. the goats can't do the whole thing by themselves. Because that's what is really going to change our pasture. Because now there's big parts of it that are bare and there's a lot of weeds there. And it is winter. And usually here in the south, those bare patches come back fairly quickly on their own in the spring. We've got some uh, greenbrier. And then we've got some, uh, whatever the devil's thorn sticker clover, sandburrs is what they're called. I thought goat heads in Idaho were bad. These sambers are just gross. They are really miserable for the animals, for dogs, for humans. Um, so we've got a big patch of that that we're going to have to address. And I, I really think that gets solved with rotational grazing because the 
cows, when that's early in the spring, they love it. And if we can find them in there, I think they would probably just eat that all the way down. It, it might take two or three years, but I think between uh, distributing their uh, manure and them eating that down, we could probably get that under control, just like we did the broomweed in Milford. But uh, the paddock's on my list. I've got to build a, a coop. We've got a mobile coop. Uh, we're going to convert an old horse trailer. It's not a horse trailer. It's a stock trailer um, into a mobile coop to follow the cows. And then we're going to have a breeding program for chicks. So we have a, a know who the rooster is. So we can reliably say these are all going to be Rhode Island Reds. These are all going to be breast chickens. The breasty chickens are doing really well. Um, I'm hoping we're four months, four and a half months from when they should start laying eggs and uh, we'll start selling those guys. But anything else you want to talk about? Cause I'm always a chatty Kathy in this relationship. No. So it's been really nice <laughs> to ask you questions and let you um, lead the episode. We'll try to do this more because uh, another one of my buddies, Sean said, let Andrea talk. <laughs> and I know that he just felt that way from work because I'm always dominating conversations. <laughs> But uh, thanks for listening. As Andrea alluded to several times in her answers, every day is an opportunity to learn. So whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, just keep at it. Just get, I mean, from coaching. One, if you get one-tenth of 1% 1 better every single day, in a couple of years, you're a different person. So I've seen that in our marriage. I've seen that in our personal lives. So keep going. You're going to do great. Again, last words. No. She said goodbye. We'll catch you <laughs> next time.